0: Hello, my name is Andrew Denny and I welcome you to Couture and Construction, a weekly podcast featuring conversations with talented, prominent guests to shed light on the stories behind the scenes of luxury build and design. This week, we're joined by Craig Hoover and Tyler Brown of South Hall to discuss restaurant design. Episode 49, Restaurant Design. In Season 3, we're doing a deep dive on a different topic each month. This month, our conversations have been centered around commercial design and the explosive growth we're seeing in Nashville. This week will be our last discussion within this theme, and today we're talking about restaurant design. Nowadays, if you're not visiting Nashville for the music, you're coming for the food. Nashville's food scene has been featured in the New York Times, Condé Nast Traveler, the Food Network, and Anthony Bourdain's Parts Unknown. Parts Unknown. The city has attracted acclaimed restaurant tours such as Ford Fry, Andrew Carmelini, Manite Chouan, and Jean George. And while it may seem we're only known for hot chicken, Nashville is a plethora of dining options from casual fares to elevated dining and a wide variety of cuisines. So we know the food is amazing, but a major part of the dining experience is the atmosphere, the ambiance, and the design. Today we're joined by Craig Hoover, Senior Vice President, Leasing and Development, and Chef Tyler Brown, Senior Vice President of Agriculture and Culinary at South Hall. South Hall is a farm and inn rooted in both nature's bounty and the cycles that create it, evoking the feeling of old farmsteads across America, a place of gathering and connection around food and nature. From the greenhouses that first catch the eye to the meals that arrive at your table. South Hall's seed-to-table process began several years ago from the mind of a visionary chef. Almost every aspect of the property is germinated from a seed. The seed of a bountiful harvest, the seed of an idea for an agriculturally rooted resort, the seed of a culinary journey. So excited to have Tyler and Greg here to talk to us today about restaurant design. Welcome. Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you for having us. Likewise. Pleasure to be here.
0: So tell us who who you guys are. So Tyler, why don't we start with you? Share a little bit about who Tyler Brown is.
2: So I am a uh, curious person, uh, a student of detail, um, and a pursuer. You know, of, of in this case, have, uh, big dreams. Um, you know, really finding a way as a chef, uh, where I started my life, my career. Um, seeking different materials, finer uh, ingredients that a chef might use and recognizing the opportunities with uh, local bounty um, and really stemming into curiosities around how food is produced, um, what it takes for our producers to bring the products to our back doors as chefs, um, and then highlighting those. Um, I I found that uh, in that time, I found that, Simple preparations tend to be the best way to highlight a very quality Im- ingredient. and uh, so really focusing on the sourcing, the details that come with that, and then uh, highlighting Mother Nature.
0: Oh, very cool, very cool. Craig, share a little bit about who Craig Hoover is.
1: Um, I'm a shepherd. <laughs> well, really, I'm a, uh, I call myself a placemaker a oh, cool. uh, placemaker performer I started out my career in the theater actually um, was a a uh, started a theater company and um, then got into uh, directing and producing and acting and then by way of real proximity to the new urbanism movement I got into uh, what makes great downtowns work um, and that brought me to this place of of uh, how do I how do i create a downtown or a or a, a collection of a mixed use environment retail businesses residential hospitality and uh and and bring my unique brand of sort of of performance art, uh, to that space. And, uh, and in many ways, that's what you're doing in the theater is you're creating an experience from when they walk in the door to when the story you're telling and when they leave. And that's the same thing with, uh, with mixed use development and especially particularly destination mixed use development, like Southall, where it is a, it is a, is an experience that people are paying for and you want to take them soup to nuts, start to finish from, uh, and you want to tailor that experience and, uh, and make sure they're only seeing it from the angles you want them to see it at, uh, see it from. And that's, uh, and so that's really the, been the, sort of the driving force of my career and sort of professional aspiration.
0: Man, that's really cool and uh, and certainly a unique perspective to kind of look, look through that lens, but that's exactly what you are doing, so yeah. very cool. Well, again, thanks, guys, for being here. Excited to delve into today's topics about uh, what you both just talked about, how design impacts the space and the story you're telling um, with what's being created at Hall. So, uh, Tyler, I kind of want to start with you with our first topic. From a perspective of a chef, um, what defines a great dining experience?
2: Well, I I believe it's simply uh, the details and the people, but really it's it's framing the experience, right, from the second that uh, a guest is looking at your website or um, seeking a destination, um, and then going through the uh, arrival process, how are the ones being greeted to sitting down the materials that are in the room, the light in the room, um, all of the elements play a, play a role in the performance uh, as Craig would say, (laughs)
0: but that's so accurate, right?
2: Yeah. And you know, and then, and then again, so we set the stage, we train on that. um, We focus on the guests and the details and delivering and anticipating one's expectations and then again, it's it's simple preparations of quality ingredients. In this case, we have a large farm, and we're growing a, a a lot of our own foods. And then we're highlighting other local producers and and crafters. That uh, all all is a culmination of um, people's lives, work, and play a large role in the experience that we're offering. Hmm.
0: Hmm. So. Um, you know, it's kind of interesting as we've all been going through this COVID, uh, COVID pandemic and restaurants have been one of the things that have been impacted the most. And um, it's really funny to me from my perspective, what I have found that I have missed the most isn't so much the cuisine, which I love the cuisine, but it's the experience of going to a restaurant and the hum of people of laughter of the great soundtrack playing in the back. Um, And, and it's, taken this to really find out that that's what I missed about dining or what, what was most important to dining um, for me. So um, I echo what you just shared with with how it's a little bit of everything that makes this experience. Uh, so how does the restaurant concept and menu impact the overall design and aesthetic? When you guys are in the middle of... of or at the tail end of the middle of planning this world-class destination. Okay. Um, on par with some of the great destinations on the face of the planet. Mm -hmm. How has that, how has the vision for the culinary art impacted what you're creating from a physical space kind of walk our listeners through what that looks like and, and where it's going to lead us.
2: Yeah. So it's really, um, looking around at our uh, terroir and our environment um, and, and highlighting uh, the areas of the region, the foods of the region um, and, you know, setting the stage. So it's uh, the temperature of the room from a lighting standpoint, it's the materials that uh, we're serving food on. Um, It's the craft behind the dishes perhaps, or, or uh, other bespoke items. Um, And then, highlighting them.
1: Yeah. I, I also think, I mean, we have, we're in a uniquely awesome position to where the farm and the cuisine, uh, has been the, the fuel behind this entire, uh, um, development. And because, because it is, a farm-based resort. And, uh, and, and obviously it is going to be a culinary destination. Um, you know, it was, it's how it all started. So the first thing we built was the, was the lake that would irrigate the farm. The next thing we built was the orchard because we knew that had the longest sort of incubation period. Um, and then, and so you know, as with any development, you start with the existing conditions and you build around it. And uh, and so we have, and so the farm was the existing condition. That's what that was the one thing we weren't compromising was uh, what to uh, was was this was going to be a farm. And so you placed the farm elements in the places that they were going to thrive, and then you built the resort around it. And uh, mm-hmm. so in many ways, the uh, the the food and the farm have. 100% been the driver behind this entire experience.
0: So it's been a very, very clear vision.
1: <clears throat> yes. Well, for sure. I mean, you know, obviously you're, you have a, you have a strong vision of a destination and, and you get, you know, you get bounced around on your way there. But, uh, but, but the, the destination was always, you know, uh, always in sight. So,
2: go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say that, you know, each of these elements Craig was just touching on our pond or, Uh, our orchard, uh, our greenhouses, all this, we're creating an ecosystem that has opportunity for each element to be highlighted or the story told throughout one's experience at South Hall. Um, And so I think that in my eyes or estimation makes it easy to do, right? Um, But it's not, it's everything but easy. Um, But that that just creates the opportunity of tons of different things, uh, tons of curiosities, as I said before, Mm And then highlighting the details as we as we walk through that experience, and the season really, you know, it dictates Mother Nature dictates much of what we will do.
0: Very cool. So, where what have you used as inspiration? Obviously, the land and and what what South Hall is, but are there places you had visited that had served as inspiration? Um, uh, for for this type of, to evoke a type of feeling that you get when you go to a destination like this?
2: Certainly. I mean, you know, one of my favorite things, one of the greatest opportunities from uh, being a chef, I've had the opportunity to have, do a ton of culinary travel and, and see many things and, and people's take, chefs' takes, uh, restaurateurs' takes on experiences. Um, and each time you go out and, and seek, you bring a little bit back to, your you start to form your ball okay clay, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, Stone Barns, um, and that's in New York. Yes, yeah, and um, one of my favorite places on earth is Palmetto Bluff in Bluffton, South Carolina. Um, and there's a ton of
1: places. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, you know, we we we. I mean, look, this is in many ways, this is the culmination of both of our sort of careers Mm -hmm. and experiences. And so we've we it's impossible to live your life without drawing from all of those experiences. You know, obviously, my formative years were spent in in Seaside, Florida, um, where this is a uh, this is a a planned development is a new urbanism community um, where they uh, they grew this place over the last I guess 40 years now um out of a uh um with a with a master plan and no money mm-hmm. and they let it grow organically um based on the uses that were most important at the time. And so what I've tried to bring to this process and you know it's a little different because mm-hmm. when you're building a resort you have to start with a uh, just sort of the a baseline of of uses, you know, rooms, beds, mm-hmm. restaurants, all that sort of stuff, um, but adding the accoutrement and adding the sort of the, the the sizzle to the steak is something that you can build on over time Mm -hmm. and you want it to, and you want to incubate, you want to try different things and you want it to happen organically so people can experience it. you want to try out what things work. And, uh, and that's, and that's what I look forward to is sort of the next phase of this. Once we're open and we've got the, and we've got the beds and we've got the, and we've got the sort of the baseline, how do we start to layer on the different things as this thing can develop over time? Because, you know, look, this, we expect this to be around for a century or more, yeah. yeah. And uh, and how can we get that? Um, how can we make it make it right? Otherwise, you're just building Disneyland, mm-hmm. and uh, um, and and what you really want is an organic development.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, as you've been walking through that, and that's a really great summation of of kind of the process and where you guys are on the timeline. How do you? What are the nuts and bolts of what you're doing right now to form? Um, the overall design. So you've got the inn, you've got the land, you've got all of those things. Obviously, you guys have a design firm um, that helps you with this. Walk me through what it's been like working with a design firm and you guys sharing this vision and them essentially translating it into things. Yeah. Um, h- how has that process worked in and- What do you think some of the most important things that you've had to share are uh, to get the result that that your mind's eye sees?
1: Yeah. Well, I'll I'll bring it back to uh, to the theater, (laughs) where they uh, they say a director's job is seventy five percent done once you've cast the play, Mm. Um, because that's the most important thing is choosing the right partners. Mm. You know, you we've we have multiple design firms, landscape architects, architects. Uh, farm consultants, hydrology consultants, <laughs> right. Um, uh, greenhouse builders, you know, so you, you, you try and bring the right people to the table, um, at the beginning and ones that, and you, so you go through an extensive, uh, you know, a, a casting process mm-hmm. or a interview process where you're saying, here's my vision. What is your, what is your experience? How, you know, you, you, can you restate what I'm trying to say and that, all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And so we, you know, throughout this, the last five years, we have brought people on and, and we've, and it's been an exhaustive process of where we really vet the people that we, um, that we, that we bring to the table. And then, you know, you trust them to do their work. You know, you, you set the course and you, and you obviously get feedback along the way, but you know, in the one thing that you can't do is, is to is to be too dictatorial about it because if you are, then the ceiling is only as high as your own personal ceiling rather than the ceiling of, of these experts and, and, you know, and brilliant people that you, mm-hmm. that you hopefully have brought to the table. Sure. Sure.
2: Yeah. And I, I think, you know, one of the biggest things that keeps coming up in conversations or has come up in conversations over the years, um, through this process is, uh, recognizing where others have been successful. Um, but most of all saying we want to carve our own path and we want to work to be non-traditional. Now there's a lot in the business that obviously has to be in the traditional uh, mm-hmm. path, if you will, but many things, there's an opportunity to walk a different path. And I think that we've challenged uh, our partners in that um, and, and asked and challenged ourselves. Can, can you give me an example of this? Yeah. Um, Let's see. An example of this would be, um, so when we're conceptualizing our farm, um, specifically our orchard, um, you know, we could have had 50 apple trees um, that were grown from traditionally large or full-size apple trees, but we wanted to look at a big piece of how we evaluate our agriculture is looking at old ways and new ways and where the uh, history is is brought us to today. And Specifically to the apple orchard, we chose to go with a trellis style of um, growing apples. It's called a top spindle um, or tall spindle uh, way of growing. And that's largely where the apple industry has gone to because it allows one to graft uh, budwood onto uh, dwarf fruit stock. That means we can plant trees closer together, have them trellised or espaliered, and produce fruit in half the time. Oh, wow. Um, and so that would be one example that,
1: and half the height. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
2: Mm-hmm. Turning over a bunch of rocks to understand uh, what that opportunity was—it's seeking really.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Very cool. Very cool. I
0: want to talk about the kitchen. Tell me what it takes to design a world-class professional kitchen. Um, what does it mean for for the staff? What input? How how does all of that work? Because. Aside from, I'm sure, a very significant monetary investment, um, this is foundational to what you're going to be able to produce. So can you kind of walk us through what kitchen design looks like in in the arena of restaurant design?
2: Well, I, I think the biggest thing is function, mm-hmm. is to look at what, um, what we hope the end result to be um, and how we want to achieve that. And we start to... Uh, back down from there, really, um, and have those elements in place that are necessary to to achieve our goal. Um, there's longer ways to say that for sure, but uh, that's it in a nutshell. Um, you know, one thing that, that really struck me personally in this was realizing that we had a building that wasn't built mm-hmm. and there was opportunity for the kitchen to be anywhere or the plumbing to be anywhere. And that's just not something that I had the opportunity to do prior to this in my career where if we were ever doing a renovation of a restaurant that I worked at or, or adding something, you were bound by the walls that were there already. Um, or those that had come before you. And so, um, that's also been a challenge in in that respect of if you can do anything, where do you start? Yeah. Or Um, where do you finish? So you find (laughs) people that have done this before Yeah, and, uh, make a short list of some highlights that are really important to one, and then lean heavy on the professionals to guide you through that. So
0: in, in the realm of South hall, what was important to you?
2: Uh, well, it it was important for the kitchen to, um, be a part of the experience, Mm -hmm. um, specifically in our, uh, Mary Amelia restaurant, where it would be our dinner only offering, um, a way to highlight the bounty of a farm, the farm experience, where guests were, um, experiencing prior or after their experience in, in the restaurant. Um, so highlighting those things, perhaps they'd seen throughout the day on a tour at the property or in the gardens. And, um, and then, um, having a way to, to highlight live fire cooking, um, you know, seeking uh, some amazing crafters. A gentleman named Chris DeMant um, has a company out of Atlanta called Grills by DeMant. And uh, working with him to create a hearth that could achieve uh, what we are hoping to uh, provide. Okay, very cool. So, Craig, when you
0: look at the kitchen interaction what's important to the chef, chef side of it, how does that then translate to the dining room from, from if they're the audience in this play? Mm-hmm. Share with me, um, how do you put yourself in that perspective to uh, kind of take a, a 30,000 foot view at what's going to matter to them? Um, and help me understand what goes into that thought process.
1: Well, you start with just walking them through the experience. you know, putting yourself in the in the uh, in the in the shoes of the guest. Where do they start? What is their uh, what are their first impressions of the room? What is their first reveal of the kitchen? If it's an open kitchen like ours, uh, what is the uh, um, oh. What, where's the light coming in? Where's the natural light coming in? Where's the, uh, where's the, the potential for glare and heat and all those things? And, and you just, you you just imagine, close your eyes and walk yourself through the, uh, through the experience and what's important to you. And then you begin to design the elements or, or mitigate the risks or the, or the challenges that you, that you face. And, and, you know, Tyler's right. You know, when you have, you know, no canvas, you know um, it's very difficult. Uh, you know, we call those enabling constraints. You know, it's <laughs> nice to have a nice, it's when you have a, uh, you know, when you're, when you're forced to do something in a, in a, in a, in a space with, with, uh, with constraints and, and, and existing conditions, then you're limited in, in your choices. But when you're b- literally building on green earth, mm-hmm. um, you could, uh, you could go anywhere. And so, you know, when, uh, sometimes the, uh, a decision is better than, uh, a, a bad decision. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. and so you, you make a decision, you move forward and then you, and then you react to the decision you've made before. And, uh, um, and then you look back and like you say, get to 30,000 feet and say, what have we done here? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh,
0: back to the beginning. Yeah, and, <laughs> and,
1: and sometimes you, sometimes yeah. you ball it up and throw it away and start over. And that's, mm-hmm. and that's okay. That's, that's part of the iterative process of, of design and uh, development.
0: So, uh, you know, you've both touched on this and I find this to be fascinating. Um, for the listeners that don't know, I kind of grew up in the, the hospitality industry as well. And it was to Tyler's point designing something there was always four walls and um i think that's a a really interesting thing here is it's not only designing it's creating so what have been some of the changes you've made that upon reflection uh and in conception you thought hey actually this this doesn't This doesn't work or we can do this better. It's very interesting. If you go to Europe, you know, sometimes our our podcast booth is 64 square feet. Mm -hmm. It feels like some of the kitchens over there are 64 square feet. It's You know, uh, Charleston, South Carolina, some of the kitchens are small. What do you do when you're given carte blanche to say, here's your kitchen? And, and, you know, you end up picturing it in the kitchen's 9,000 square feet. (laughs) Right you know how does uh, how do we how do we work through that and what are the changes and what did we learn you know what what does that look like
2: and so I, I think one of the the big things is really looking at um, flow of product or the, the process at South Hall you know it's not only um, the kitchen we were just describing in in our in but we also have an employee cafe we have uh, hmm. an event center that we call the orchard um, and and with that, we have to figure out the process of how to get all of the food from the farm to the uh, restaurant and then ultimately to the plate um, and understanding those efficiencies, trying to maximize that flow, if you will, um, on paper. Mm-hmm. I think that's the, mm-hmm. the toughest thing is mm-hmm. you can conceive it the best you possibly can and uh, pretty soon we'll have the opportunity to see it live yeah. and hope that we did the best we can, but... um Efficiencies of space, I would say, uh, evaluating, you know, how far you are away from a counter if you're working on the line and uh, taking one extra step to put something down or to grab another plate or a pan or something. Um, you want to take into account those steps because they add up. Mm-hmm. Uh, how yeah. accessible is it for our stewards to take care of um, their their roles? Um, it's just trying to evaluate every role and then applying it to the design. So you talked about
0: kind of the flagship, uh, dining room, the Mary Amelia. And, um, I'm coming in, it's opening week. What should I expect? What, what is, what emotion is going to be evoked for me as, as I enter this dining room, what is your mind's eye see with this?
2: The hope will be to deliver an experience that is, uh, that one hasn't experienced before. That will be unique to the day, to the season, um, and one that highlights uh, and complements our pursuit, if you will, uh, which would be the experience around a farm, um, and one that uh, is is delivered with humility. I think that's the the, the biggest thing is that uh, we are honored to to have people interested to come and dine with us. And um, we want to pay that forward and, and welcome one into our home.
0: So I like how you just shared some about kind of simplicity and humility. So does that mean that in the dining room um, there's, you guys will feature local makers. Um, uh, Tell me about the furnishings that, that are going to be in there and how will they pay homage to, to the space and, And um, to the land.
2: Well, you know, I just touched on the hearth that we're having uh, created, and there's elements of. um,
0: And and a quick question on the hearth is that a centerpiece of the dining room?
2: Uh, It's not, uh, yeah, the kitchen. That would be within
1: feet of one's dining room. Yeah, so
0: visible from the dining room. I think that's
1: an important piece to mention was you're sort of painting the picture of this restaurant is that we only have fifty seats. Oh yeah. very so, cool. So this is not a big space. Not yet. Cheesecake Factory. No. <laughs> and and the menu is about that big, right? Yes, that was, yes, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, No. Um I have a number of pages. Yes. <laughs> the um no, we are uh it's it's a it's a it's a very intimate space. Okay. I mean, we you know the whole resort only has 80 beds. Oh, wow. um, so this is a you know so this is not a, a giant expansive. Uh, um, it is expansive in space, but not in uh, in in volume of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so we the, we the intimacy was was very important, and uh, and the the locality is important too. So we I mean, obviously we all the as much food as we can possibly grow right there on site. We're growing and, or we're grabbing it from, uh, from local purveyors and, uh, um, you know, but we're doing the same with the, uh, you know, with, with the furnishings as much as possible. Right. I mean, the idea is, is that we want to, we want to highlight local ingredients, Mm -hmm. um, and, and in every way possible, we're taking, you know, the, some of the plates that you will eat on were were forged out of the clay that we dug from the lake.
0: Wow! Right, <laughs> and
1: wow. and and the uh, by a local you know ceramicist, mm-hmm. and uh, and then some of the and then the some of the tables that you will eat on were cut down from trees that we that we needed to cut down on the property. Wow! Um, so it's it's that hyper local. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so that's, so yeah, I mean, look, we're, we're trying to do the best we can to, you know, to highlight as many local makers as, as absolutely possible. But at the same time, you know, we're, we're trying to create the experience that, uh, um, that, that befits the the locale. And sometimes that means you're, you're trying to find the best of the best throughout Mm -hmm. the world. Mm -hmm. And, uh, um, and so we're, we're doing a little of both.
0: So that's, that's really, really cool. Um, where will the restaurant be located on the resort property?
1: In the inn. Okay. So okay. right. So it's just a. It's if you walk in the front, there is uh, um, you come into a lobby in and in a lounge area, um, and then uh, um, and then sort of appended to the rear of the inn is the uh, is the restaurant. Okay. That, that's, that's about all I can tell you right oh, now. Oh, Okay. Very cool. <laughs> yeah. No, I want to. This is going to be a big reveal. Uh,
0: uh, in. A big reveal in 2022, right? Yeah. Spring of 2022. Wow. Wow. Make your reservations now. So um, you mentioned working with a lot of different experts to create this environment. Uh, Specifically when it comes to the interior finishes, um, what have have been some things that you guys have learned through this process that you didn't necessarily... uh, even think to think of
1: prior to beginning this journey? I think the materials, the materials to me was a new, uh, a new journey. Um, you know, when you're creating a space in a commercial environment, you know, I've designed, you know, or designed, I've built houses and, and, you know, and, and renovated places and, and you can pretty much Go with whatever material suits your fancy. But if you're talking about a commercial environment, um, then there are certain standards that have to be met, which limits your choices. When you're talking about the uh, – when you're designing spaces, obviously – um, the American with Disabilities Act is a major driver, as well as as well as it should be. But it is a it is an it is an, an, an enabling constraint to be sure. Um, and that was a you know that's been a that's it's a, it's a real hurdle you have to clear. And and we're happy to clear it. But it is one that is uh, that that presents its own challenges. Um, and then just the. Just the random regulatory hurdles that you have to, uh, um, that you have to clear in terms of how, how far away the bathroom can be, where the, all the exits have to be and all that kind of thing. I mean, it's kind of boring stuff, but it really is, it's, it's, you know, it's, it really does get in the way of some some great ideas um, Mm -hmm. because you, uh, um, because you end up being, um, you know, Oh yeah, we can't do it because of that. Or, you know, Oh, you got to have a certain amount of foot candles here, which is the amount of light in a particular area of the room. (laughs) And you're just like, Oh really? But we wanted this to be moody. And it's like, yeah, "Yeah, moody, but you're also setting yourself up to be sued. So, uh, (laughs) well, it's interesting. You bring up like the bathroom. So a couple episodes
0: ago, we had some, some really good guests on and they talked about, how everything is moving to touchless and they design uh, corporate public spaces. And they were talking about, you know, how you walk into a lot of new buildings and there's no bathroom door. And, Mm -hmm. um, but you walk through like a vestibule that turns a corner and, and there you go. Mm -hmm. And they're like, that is great until you're in the design phase. And you understand that literally takes up twice the amount of space that, yeah. That you have to work with. So it almost becomes untenable or it's a significant investment to be able to do that. So people don't have to touch doors. Right. Uh, so it's very interesting that that you kind of share some of these, uh, you know,
1: some of the nuance of of commercial building. Well, and, and one of the and, and another I mean, a, a key nuance for us was, you know, right in the middle of our design process and really the construction process we had a global pandemic Mm -hmm. and that became a new wrinkle um, and a consideration. And is this going to last forever? Mm -hmm. Are we do, is, is are do people care? Are people going to care in 10 years? How, uh, how about surfaces, or is it about Mm -hmm. the air Mm -hmm. and all these decisions you're having to make on the fly with serious consequences financially and design Mm -hmm. wise. And, 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 uh, and so, you know, what we've, we sort of bet that it was about, Cleaning the air, and that's what we've focused on, is Mm -hmm. is uh, is you know is is viral mitigation through um you know replacing you know replacement air, Mm -hmm. and obviously in creating indoor outdoor spaces and and ventilating and and clean and and doing infrared, you know uh, cleansing of um through your um through HVAC systems. And, uh, um, and we're banking on the fact that people still will want to be close together. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not trying to um, make this this giant, you know, six feet uh, around everyone. <laughs> um, you know, in the long term, uh, we, we feel like that's, that's a risk we're going to take. Because just like you said at the very beginning, um, part of the experience is being around people yeah. and sharing a space with people and breaking bread with people that you don't necessarily know. And they're three feet away from you and you're sharing this experience. And and uh, and we don't think that is going to uh, we don't think that's going to go away from from the desires of the of the social experiment.
0: So how much
1: plexiglass will you guys install between
0: tables <laughs> 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 uh, in all seriousness? Uh, so you just uh, you brought up a really. Um, uh, important point you guys are in the middle of this process building a world-class uh, facility in retreat and we we have the global pandemic and some of the changes and i mean sadly hospitality has been one of the things most impacted by this mm-hmm. so what have some of the things what have been some of the considerations and anybody that's local in Nashville may have already experienced a small taste of South Hall by experiencing the rambling. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, almost tailor-made for 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 COVID, where you can have this great gathering, outdoors, world-class food. And just, as I shared with people, it was like a three-day weekend for dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so how do you... How do you bring that on and carry that on in the inn? Has that been part of the design process to create these outdoor spaces um, that that may serve as the dining room? Tyler brought up a, a really interesting thing earlier. He shared that the experience will be unique to the day. So does that mean that maybe some days our dining room will be outdoors? Uh, yeah.
2: Share with us what that looks like through the design process. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, when we were Evaluating uh, at the beginning of the pandemic and, and looking at the um, the whole uh, site, um, we realized pretty quickly that creating this experience around a farm already lent itself to a ton of outdoor opportunities and experiences or undercover, um, and and you know something that we had held on high is. Creating places like the rambling um, or areas and experiences um, throughout the property, or identifying places that we could activate for events to highlight the terroir, the surroundings, the uh, community, um, and so as it goes to the inn. You know, I would say the inn really just is complementary of all of the other experiences and what will make it unique is that it's one of two that are under a roof. <laughs> and so, um, at this moment, but, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. One of the things I guess. Well, one when, when, when we, I mean, look, the, the, we realized that the development process for South Hall was going to be a protracted one. And, and so we were going to, uh, it was going to take some time and we wanted to get out there and, and create, an experience for folks, um, not only to test our own concepts, but also to, uh, to give to sort of wet people's appetite for what we had to offer. And that's why we did the rambling and in service of the rambling, we created it. we, we, we customized a kitchen that could that could be on a trailer and could produce dinner for. I mean, this thing is a workhorse. Uh, mm-hmm. We we have a you know we have a car with some special abilities that uh, um from a from a bar standpoint, <laughs> and and we uh, um, and the idea was was that look we're going to create this for our for this rambling experience, which was an outdoor uh, family style meals but we also wanted to be able to use that to be able to create a dinner experience anywhere on our 325 mm-hmm. acres mm-hmm. and, uh, well, almost anywhere we got some topography, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but there are, uh, we have some incredible spaces that, uh, um, that no one would ever get a chance to sit down and dine at, particularly mm-hmm. not at the level we hope to provide mm-hmm. it. And so we are going to be able to create outdoor dining experiences in just about in some of the more unique, uh, locations, uh, you could imagine in middle Tennessee. And I think that's going to be of particular, uh, um, interest for those folks that don't feel comfortable eating inside. Yeah. You yeah, know, that would, I mean, that's, that's a
0: huge thing. I mean, that's, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's, and, and here's the funny thing, again, things that we've learned during COVID, it's really nice to eat outdoors. Like, yeah. regardless of how hot it is, like, it's embracing what we're given. Yeah. So some of those lessons are, uh, you know, air conditioning is tremendously, tremendously overvalued. Um, uh, Easy. I, I, I kid, <laughs> but, but it really has been nice to to enjoy those things. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> okay so uh, final final couple topics here uh, I just want to move us back to the guest experience you talked about it's a 50 seat restaurant so what does that look like when when you're designing that obviously that could look different on different nights but um, are you are you setting that up to be um, intimate seating is that you know tell me about the music what's the soundtrack what what are what are those types of things that that we can experience there?
2: Yeah, you just hit on, on one of the elements for sure. Is is um, you know going back to the rambling, uh, recognizing the uh, area we are in and its rich uh, history with with music. Um, we felt it was necessary to to have complimentary music with the offering that we were doing. So in the case of the rambling, uh, felt that an outdoor dining experience was something blue collar, hardworking, or it could be in this moment. Um, and wanted to highlight, uh, hill country blues. And, and so finding a local artist in Reed Turchie to, uh, help us achieve that, um, goal has been something, um, that we felt was a great fit and also has challenged us to seek that in other elements of, as we've continued the development process. So it's, um, building, uh, set lists or, um, come on say here, playlists. playlists, playlists. Thank you. Chris. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> building playlists that are, uh, composed of, uh, sounds from South hall, um, that highlight, uh, music of the area, um, for sure, or complement um, that are conceived ultimately in all of our public spaces, but in the restaurant for sure. And so it's, um, something we put a lot of thought into we are still uh dotting the i's and crossing the t's in that uh sound area but it's just one of those elements i mean that's we want the whole experience to be sensory Mm -hmm. um and if we haven't touched you with south hall or the brand in every one of those elements in your experience then i would say that we haven't met our ultimate goals and so it's
0: uh, so I, I feel like we just really hit the golden nugget of this. So talk to us about the senses. So you want to leave, um, you know, I, I've seen, uh, I think it's pronounced Tablet hotels. Have you? Have, have you guys seen this? And their slogan is, We don't want to just inspire your next vacation. We want to inspire your next tattoo. Mm. And I thought that was really provocative. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but it reminded me of what you just shared with, We're going to leave a mark and we're going to touch all of the senses. So we, we hope to. Uh, we hope to. Well, mm-hmm.
2: uh, we're in pursuit of it.
0: Yes. Yes. And, and we're not. Over promising here, but share with me what those senses are and give me an example of each sense that a way you hope to impact those senses. So I know taste, obviously, sure. with taste, food. but I
2: mean, that taste can start in the garden or uh, herb garden. Right? Um, yeah. <clears> One <throat> experiencing uh, what we're growing, yeah, foraging on the property throughout the trails. We put, you know, five and a half miles of trails throughout the property that are amazing, um, all in an effort to give guests the opportunity to touch all boundaries of, of the, uh, property. And, um, so yeah, taste for sure. Sensory. I think that, uh, or excuse me, uh, scent, I believe that will, uh, come across certainly in the garden, in our spa, in our, um, restaurant. Uh, I, I believe that it will certainly have a, uh, factory um, reaction. Um,
0: and have y'all just from a design perspective, do you have a, a scent that, that you've developed for the overall property? We
1: have, we have a few that we are, uh, that we're whittling down yeah. at this point, yeah. but yes, that's yeah. actually really cool. Mm-hmm. And, you
0: know, I know, uh, your background, but Disney really, you know, a funny thing, Disney even sells air fresheners of, of, um, like, uh, what is it? Fly. Um, and anyway, Disney is huge on scent because it's so memorable. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can buy in-car air fresheners that smell like Disney rides. That's right. Uh, so it'd be very unique, very unique to do something like that.
1: Smell and, and, uh, um, so olfactory and oral, the, Mm uh, the, the, the sound are the two, uh, two senses most linked to memory really. And so when you, uh, when you try and create a, uh, it's, it's, it's much easier to, to recollect a, a, a feeling that you had, if you get the, if you hear, if you hear the sound or you, or you smell the smell, um, way more, uh, um, uh, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a stronger taproot to that, to that brain, to your brain, uh, Mm -hmm. than, uh, than, than sight. Um, and, uh, and you would think that we remember what we see, but research has shown that we actually don't. We think we remember what we see, but we don't. We remember what we smell and what we hear wow. way more. Um, and so that's, that's a it's a big piece. And, you know, you touched on it. One thing we haven't, you know, sort of talked about was the – I know this is about restaurant design, but <clears throat> when we get into the spa um, – We'd love, love to hit on the spa. I mean, we've, you know, it, it's a – you know, we've got this, in, you know, a, a spa, the indoor-outdoor – um, obviously, because you know we have we we are in this rural location, but you know we we all the senses will be touched, right? When you when you turn, we're gonna have an original score, right? When you uh, go into the corridor that goes into the spa, you, the 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 plants whose uh, um that make up the the, the skincare treatments and the oils and the essential oils and all the stuff that go tinctures. into the spa, the tinctures, right. Um, that, uh, that, that go into that are, are, you know, we examples of which will be grown right outside in the herb garden of the mm-hmm. spa. And so you'll get an opportunity to touch and smell and feel them, you know, uh, you know, uh, before you, before you go into the treatment and, and obviously you'll, they'll, they'll there's a special menu that, um, you know, that you can have for the spa goers. And so, um, the, achieving the senses is it's part of the theater to bring it right back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, is uh, it's part of the experience. And you, you, we, we think about that at every step of the way and, that, and it has to be in the design process because, you know, obviously, you know, you walk into a room and you're wowed by the design, the colors and the, and the textures that you see. Um, but what makes it truly memorable is encapsulating all of those senses.
0: Mm-hmm. That's absolutely right. So um, man, you just got, you, you, uh, got me excited talking about the spa uh, since you brought us somewhere outside of restaurant design <laughs> um, <laughs> is there a common theme uh, from room to public areas to restaurant to spa and obviously the the I, again I understand the land has has formed all of these things but how has that consideration from a Planning standpoint, what does that look like? That's got to be a big undertaking to to have distinction but similarity, right?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, you think about how you know the the, the different dials that you can turn up and down. Whether it's you know whether it's about light, whether it's a, it's t- whether it's texture, um, whether it's you know how how much wood versus how much metal versus how much fabric. Um, all of those things, you want to have a, you want to have a palette that you're drawing from your sort of your kit of parts, but then you want to dial up and back the different elements based on the desired experience that you want to have, whether you're in the bedroom or whether Mm -hmm. you're in the lobby or whether you're in the restaurant or the Mm -hmm. spa, um, or whether you're sitting outside by a fire pit, um, all of those experiences are, um, are different and, uh, but you still want to feel like you're in the same place, right? You didn't want to feel like you're, you know, it's, it's not like, it's not like, uh, um, what is it? Uh, uh the, uh, a Vegas hotel where, yeah, you know, you're, yeah. you're walking through the Eiffel tower and then you're all of a sudden in Venice and, mm-hmm, you know, it's, mm-hmm, it, it, mm-hmm. you, you want it to feel like all in the same vernacular in the same space and or the same place, uh, even if it's in a different space and that's, uh, um, and it's a challenge, but it's also, uh, But it's also, that's the fun part of designing it Mm -hmm. and saying, all right, once you've decided on these core materials, um, how you draw and and use them and uh, deploy them in different ways.
0: Okay, final question. I'm going to put you both on the spot. Uh, Craig, I'll start with you. You guys have been developing this for a long time. It started with a pond. It's going to end with a grand opening. Um, And then continue on for the foreseeable future. Mm -hmm. What's the one physical design element you're most excited to see, touch, experience? What what is the one thing that you just are really, really excited about?
1: Sitting in the copper tub in the elevated cottage that we call our Arbor Cottages and looking out over the entire site, because mm. um, we have this this neat design element where there's a big copper tub in the in one of our cottages or in seven of our cottages. And, uh, and there's one particular spot that just looks over the whole site and sitting in that tub, looking through the front door over the whole site is, uh, is an experience I'm going to run to when Mm. that thing is available. Um, So that's, that's, that's one little moment I, I look forward to. What about you?
2: Yeah. I, you know, looking, uh, from the, the chef's pass to the dining room, I think is, is one for sure that's pretty close to my heart, but also, um, we've, we're creating this sunset experience, um, uh, in a a unique location and a cantilever deck into the canopy of, uh, the trees, um, taking in, you know, greater leapers fork and and Williamson County and, and looking westward. I think that will be, uh, a pretty amazing moment. And then ultimately just seeing the first evening with the lighting and, and the, uh, the end, just sitting there and, and ready to
1: to uh, to be shared. Yeah. I, I think that's yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: you know, stuff to hammer down on that. Yeah, you know, that's true. That's one something we didn't talk a ton about. Which just was the lighting, and that's such a it's such a, a an enormous piece of the puzzle, mm-hmm. indoor, outdoor. You know, getting the you know getting the light, not only the fixture, but the temperature of the light, and the and, and which is the color of the light, and and also the intensity, and all this. You know, we have an incredible lighting designer that's helped us uh, through all facets, and uh, and thank uh, um, I I I can't even imagine what it would have been like to try and just guess at those type of things. Um, And every every turn, we we found a question that you know we needed somebody much smarter than 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 we to uh, to answer. And uh, and thankfully, we we found those folks.
0: That's really really cool, guys. Thank you. Okay, well, I cannot wait to visit South Hall. I think it's uh, what you guys are creating is really something very special. So we're going to move on to rapid fire. Um, Craig, I'm going to start with you. What's your favorite thing about Nashville?
1: I think it's the biggest little small town in America.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that's a great. Ever
1: evolving palette. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, Tyler, what is the last concert you attended?
2: Last concert I attended was actually at uh, Wrigley Field um, this past weekend, and it was Dead and Company.
0: Wow! Yeah, very cool. Craig, back to you. What's one item you could never live without?
1: The phone would be the uh, the, the cop out there, so I'm not I'm not going to say that. I think, uh, um, well, you know, with, for my own uh, physique, uh, a belt.
0: Ah, hmm. there you go, I like that <laughs> uh,
1: Simple, simple, Deep I'm path. with you on that one
0: But hey, couldn't, couldn't true words never spoken no, That's right uh, Tyler, what, uh, where or how do you uh, get inspired? That is a listener chosen question
2: <laughs> I, uh, I get inspired by experience and other people's experience And, and seeing others uh, find joy in, in, in anything really
0: Okay. Very cool. Okay, back to you, Craig, for our final rapid fire question. What is your unique superpower?
1: Hmm. Um, no, I think it's uh, I think it's building consensus. You know, I think uh, um, trying to, you know, when you're dealing with so many opinions and so many very smart people, and but yet needing a decision, um, <clears throat> you know, trying to get. Uh, enough people um to uh to to come to the middle and come up with a uh, a decision that moves the ball forward but also keeps people uh equally uh, or not maybe not equally but at least um everybody gives a little and uh and gets a little um i think that's that might be what the key to at least the success of this work which is i, guess yeah, we'll I like it man that's a very impressive <laughs> thing building consensus is
0: <laughs> This is a special, special thing. Okay, Craig and Tyler, thank you so much for being our guest and sharing a great perspective on restaurant and hearing about South Hall. Truly very, very exciting. Uh, you can follow South Hall on Instagram and Facebook at South Hall TN, and that's South Hall with one H. And learn more about the forum on their website, uh, www.southhalltn.com. We'll include these links in our show notes. Uh, next week, we're diving into a new theme, Ready for Renovation. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host, Andrew Denny. Thanks for listening. As always, if you've enjoyed the show, we would love for you to share uh, Couture and Construction with your friends and family and colleagues. And we want to hear your feedback. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Couture and Construction is brought to you by Textures Nashville, produced by Davis Osborne, and is recorded live in the Textures Nashville showroom inside the Nashville Design Collective.